most people just want the win and they want it handed to them. They want it easy. They want it given. Competitors are that different breed. They're saying, I may fail, but I'm still going after it because I don't want to ask what if at the end. Welcome to the Competitive Mindset Podcast. Each interview, we talk to leaders who differentiate themselves and achieve high levels of performance through the lens of motivation, competitiveness, and mindset. These conversations lead to thought-provoking idea sharing and growth accompanied by entertaining storytelling. Welcome along on our journey to lifelong learning, improved performance, and a look inside the competitive mindset. Billy Keckler Basketball is scheduling for summer camps. If your youth program or high school teams are looking for out-of-season skill and team development, BKB will come to your community and instruct skills and concepts that fit into your program's mission. For more information and inquiries, email billykeglerbasketball at gmail.com. BKB is a unique player experience. The Greatest Games Podcast interviews coaches of all levels about the greatest games they have ever been a part of. Chris and Brian post two episodes per week that explore these great games and also takes a dive into each coach's journey and some lessons that they have learned along the way. Catch The Greatest Games Podcast on all podcast platforms as well as thegreatestgames.podbean.com. Jake Thompson, welcome to The Competitive Mindset. Excited to be here. Looking forward to today's conversation. Compete every day on Competitive Mindset. It's a marriage made in heaven, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I think there's so much overlap between a lot of the content you're creating and putting on and a lot of the stuff we are as well. Uh, and so the more we can encourage and equip people with that competitive mindset, the more uh, impact they can make on those around them, which I think ultimately is the goal. Absolutely. So with those goals in mind, can you... Go back in time and take us through your journey and how it's led you to where you are right now and what you're doing with Compete Every Day. Man, how far back do you want to go? Uh, <laughs> as far as you're willing to share. I mean, I, I grew up, the the fun, the short version is I grew up in Texas. I grew up about two hours east of Dallas. Uh, for anyone familiar, Texas, Friday Night Lights, football is our religion. Uh, so I grew up loving sports, always wanting to be around sports. Uh, had the goal growing up to be the next Jerry Maguire, go the sports agent route, um, spent a couple years in college, all my time in grad school, uh, interning with an agent, working with him right after grad school or right during kind of grad school. And toward the end of it, decided that's not actually what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Uh, I was ill prepared for some of the emotional roller coaster, the mental toll that that game plays. Um, as well as for a lot of us, we love going to the ballpark and eating a hot dog, but you don't necessarily want to see how that hot dog is made. Same applies for me in some areas of sports. And so got out fall of 2008. Uh, for those that re remember, the economy was in a horrendous spot. Uh, so I couldn't get a job to save my life, essentially. I uh, had an MBA, very non-traditional work experience. So entry-level jobs overlooked me. Any kind of experienced jobs didn't give me a second chance because I didn't fit the, the mold, essentially. And so uh, I just started freelancing, started working on graphic design, marketing strategy, branding with, with groups, really just kind of equipping them for, I hate to say it, like today's game in terms of marketing being a conversation and content-focused program um, and how we use those. And so I did that for a handful of years. I was very unfulfilled with that work. Uh, Financially, it was great. Uh, I was young. I was single. I was making great money. I was enjoying life. Uh, but I equated essentially to building a sandcastle. And eventually, that tide is going to wash that sandcastle away. And so what work have you done that's going to outlive you? 
And for me, I didn't have an answer to that. Uh, the book uh, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller was a, a challenging one for me because it talks about the power of story. And the way we live our lives, the words we use, the actions we take, they tell a story and they tell other people what we value as important um, and what we're part of. Either it's there's nothing at the end of this, we're part of something bigger, kind of what do we find value in? And I realized like the story I'd been living and writing and creating wasn't the story I wanted to be remembered by. And so I started pursuing this path of what would it look like if you pursued greatness in every one of areas of your life? If you looked at your health, your faith, your relationships, your career, and you just went all out after it. you took the competitive mindset to pursue a victory in that path. What, what would that look like versus what a lot of us are guilty of doing is just kind of settling. We, we may go all in on one area. We may go all in on our career. We go all in on our health, but we kind of just ignore the others. And so for me, it was this idea, how can you be on and constantly striving to be better than yesterday in every area? And that ultimately started the Compete Everyday brand. Uh, really, that was kind of what created the messaging around it. And so at the time, I had no products, no anything other than just here's the message. Here's what I think is important. And so I started tinkering with it, spent six to eight months essentially trying to figure out how to use it as a business uh, until my best friend, roommate at the time, recommended us, I look at apparel, look at a company like Life is Good that's uh, so inspirational. They've built this hundred plus million dollar company around this simple concept that life is good. And he said, I, he challenged me with it was like, I think you can do similar. You're going to have a different audience. You're going to have a little bit different message, but going after people and using a shirt to empower them is really the go. And so that was kind of the genesis of Compete Every Day. And then as we've gone, man, it's right now we're recording this. It's in March. We're, we're two months away, essentially, from our 10-year anniversary. Uh, and so a lot has changed over the 10 years. So the company and what we do and the messaging and the look now is dramatically different than it was at the beginning, which every journey should be. Uh, but about five years ago, I started getting asked by organizations to come speak, come teach a competitive mindset, for lack of a better phrase. Teach our team what it means to be better than yesterday. How can we actually do that? What does it look like? What tools can we use? Um, what mindsets can we build? And so I started doing that. And, and ultimately, that's where my full focus is now. We still we still sell the apparel. We still do the merch. But my focus is as a speaker and content creator uh, to teach and equip people with that competitive mindset that to show up every day and just win that day. Focus on winning that day. Focus on being your best, knowing that in competition, you don't win every day. We know that. That's the beauty of it. You, having a competitive mindset doesn't mean you're going to win every time you try something. But do you get back up, learn something, and keep going again? And that's what I believe is the crucial element for so many people today, that if they applied that, if they took that mentality to just show up and compete, to give it their best, to pursue when they get knocked down, to get back up, they would see dramatic changes in their life over the course of a year, two years, five years, 10 years that will never be possible until they learn to shift that mindset. Beautiful. Thank you for walking us through that. Now, you mentioned something in there. And when you said Jerry Maguire, I instantly thought, show me the money. Oh, yeah, that's always the phrase. The, the two, when I tell the story, it's either that comes up where it's like the Cuba Gooding Jr. and then and, and Tom Cruise screaming or just the natural one that I feel like every now and then when I introduce myself, everybody's like Jake from State Farm. I'm like, I'm just going to have to roll with that at some point. Well, you're not wearing a red shirt. or That's right. I do have khakis <laughs> on though, so that we, we have a problem there. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned, mentioned in that time when you were trying to get with the sport agent and the mental toll 
it took on you. Can you walk us through what that mental toll was and how it was affecting you? Yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of perspective of me at that time. I was still very much struggling with a fixed mindset in certain areas. Um, for those familiar with a fixed and a growth mindset, fixed mindset, I've been this way. I've always been this way. That's always the way I'm going to be. Feedback criticism is bad. Failure is bad. It's an attack on me. Growth mindset and, and the work Carol Dweck's done in that area says feedback and criticism is actually learning opportunity. I can improve. It, it's not how I was born. It's what I choose to build. Failure create opportunities for lessons to grow and get better. Success requires a growth mindset. So for me, I had a growth mindset in sports. I was a smaller athlete. I knew if I busted my tail, if I trained, if I knew the playbook better, if I was a better teammate, if I was a harder worker, I had a chance to differentiate myself, to, to have that competitive advantage. But in life, I saw things very differently. I had I was a quick learner, and so high school for me was really easy. I don't think I actually had to study until college. And the problem with that is when you're making straight A's, and I'm not trying to say this to brag, but when you make straight A's in high school, and then you go into an atmosphere like college where you have to study, one, you're not equipped to study. Two, when you start getting B's and C's, you're terrified about what that says about you as a person because you associate being, quote, smart and making straight A's with who you are when those are so different to all together. But in a fixed mindset, you don't see that. So for me at that time, I still didn't see the difference in that. I knew sports, but life was different. And so going into the agent game, I wasn't equipped to handle the roller coaster because it's essentially, lack of a better term, it's essentially like going on The Bachelor without the drama. You pick eight to 10 players at the start of a year you recruit them, you get to know them, you try to get to know their families, you, you learn about it, you build relationships with them. Over the course of, say, six months, you may break up with three or four. Three or four are going to break up with you. You hope by the end of the year you sit down with three, and then you get to sign one guy. Like That is kind of what it looks like. And obviously, the better you get in that space, the more pool, the better marketing you are because you have a roster of players. But I was at a smaller agency. I was working with an agent who had five or six good players, no major household names, but good players and a good infrastructure. And so I would get to know these guys. I would build relationships with these guys. And then a couple of things would happen. The first, you'd have to tell a guy you're not going to get drafted. Like there's a good chance you're not going to make an NFL roster. So here's all we can offer you from a bonus and, and signing standpoint to support you for training and getting ready for the combine. Because we, we just look at the long term and there's not a good chance you're going to make it. So telling a guy that you're crushing his goals is horrendous. Uh, the second thing that I had happen is I had two different guys that I sat down with, really got to know, really got to be close with. And both of them on signing day looked at me and said, we like you. If we could sign with you, we would. Because at that time, the NFL had just changed their regulations that you had to have a master's or a law degree to be certified. Like right as I was going in, that rule changed. So all I could do was recruit and then help with the marketing. I couldn't do the official pen to paper. So my agent did. And the funny part about it is both of them were like, we would sign with you in a heartbeat. We like you. We don't trust the guy you work for. And I'd already kind of had some of those feelings inside. And so that was just kind of a gut punch. And so I was like, I'm seeing crap around the game. I love that. I don't want, I'm essentially emotionally investing in 10 to 12 people every single year, knowing it's not going to end well for 11 of them. How can I do something different that I can add value to guys' lives and pour into them instead of having to sit across the table and say, hey, you're probably not going to make it. 
Like there's a time and a place for those heart to heart conversations, but that's not at 22, 23, 24. I wanted to be doing and mentally because I still struggled with a fixed mindset. I wasn't prepared for it. Now I could go into that space and I'm not saying I could go into that space and succeed, but if I could step into my shoes at 22, 23, I could handle it much better because of the mental skills I've built over the course of the last 15, 20 years or 15 years or so to handle failure, to how I look at it, to how you go about things versus at that time still clinging to it and identity. I love the comparison to The Bachelor you made there. That is the perfect, perfect comparison. My wife makes me watch it every once in a blue moon, and I can totally relate with what you're going through there. And being a former college basketball coach, there are similarities there with recruiting players. And I was always blunt with them and said, you aren't going to start here. And I would lose kids because of that. And it was hard because like you mentioned, you yeah. put in time and effort to build a relationship and, and it's a struggle and it's a mental strain. And the way you just explained that, I think a lot of people will be able to draw comparisons to with, you know, things that they're investing in, in their lives that aren't always coming to fruition. So I want to probably take you back to your youth a little bit. Can you tell me yeah. a story about the first time you remember participating in a competition? Yeah, I mean, baseball for me was kind of t-ball and the machine pitch and coach pitch or coach pitch and machine pitch was what I used to play. I actually tell this story in my book about it's one of the earliest lessons I got on grit because uh, playing first base, I think it was a machine pitch game. So still really young baseball warming up before the game and the third baseman throws it to me. I'm playing first and I'm warming up with second. So I'm not paying any attention to third. And he yells at the last second. And as I turn, the ball just knocks me into my mouth, knocks out my two front teeth. I had blood all over my jersey. I went in the bathroom. Obviously, I'm like crying a little bit. Went in the bathroom, cleaned it out, came back out, blood on the jersey, played the game. But right after that moment, something clicked in my head where I became terrified to stay in the box. Before that, I was just in there batting a thousand. Like I would just, no issues. I'm going to stand in there. Even if I get hit by something, I'm going to stand in there and take it. But as soon as I got hit in the face, something in my brain said, baseball's bad, stay away from baseball. So I just couldn't stay in the box anymore. And I wanted to quit right then and there. Like two games later, I was like, I'm done, I'm quitting. And my dad was like, no. He said, we, we play the entire season. You can quit after the season, but you will play the entire rest of the season because you don't quit on your teammates and you can't quit something because you're afraid of it. And so I had to play the rest of the year. And I played a handful of years later after that. I never really got over that baseball coming at my head, fear and and phobia. But I had this like moment to understand that you play through the season. At the end of the season, you can quit, you can change course, you can do something else, but you stick with it through the season. And and that lesson's kind of played off through life because we have the roller coasters, we have the ups and downs, but are you committed to seeing through this season? Whatever this trial, this challenge, this whatever you're going through, will you see it through this season? And after this season, you can change course, you can adjust, but you've got to get through this season and keep showing up until then. That is a great story. And I can relate 100% with you because I was the same way with baseball. I liked it. And then all of a sudden, I was fearful of it. And my parents had the same sort of thing with you never quit something in the middle of the season. Once you start it, you finish it. And I think that's a valuable lesson. But on the quitting side, Can you tell me when it might be a good idea or a good time to quit something? Yeah, so those are going to be more along the lines of, is it no longer enriching you? Is it no longer adding value? And is it no longer helping you get to where you want to go? And I say that because you talk about quitting friendships. 
surrounding yourself, you're not surrounding yourself with the right people. If, if the people you surround yourself with are yes men or excuse makers, those type of individuals, they're not adding value. They're not enriching your life. They're not the people that are going to call you out when you fall below the standard. So therefore, they're not helping you get to where you want to go or who you want to become. It's okay to quit that. It's okay to quit a pursuit if you've given that pursuit everything you have, if you've given your best effort, if you've showed up consistently, you've done that, and it's just not working out. And I say that because as a business owner, sometimes that happens. You have to say, I tried this, I'm pursuing this, I'm giving my best, it's just not working. There's a difference between pounding your head into a concrete wall over and over and over and over again, expecting the outcome to change and understanding, man, after two or three or four times, like this isn't going to change and I have a headache. And so it's evaluating that process. Did you give your best? Did you go after it consistently for a good amount of time? Is there anything that you could do differently that would change the outcome? Have you tried those things? And if you've tried those things, it doesn't work, quit. And that's okay because you have to learn to quit certain things to be better at others. It's the idea when you're early in your career, say yes to everything. When you're trying to figure out what you want to do, where you want to go, who you want to be, like say yes to so many different things. So you can start being like, I want to do more of that. I don't want to do that. I'm okay with this. I'm not okay with that. And then as you start to figure that out, you learn to say no to more things. Because at that point, you know where you want to go, what you want to do, who you want to become, and you have to say no to anything that takes you off of that path. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to make consistent progress and movement forward because you're going to be pulled in every which direction instead of just sticking forward to the path. I think that's the most valuable lesson, especially for younger people, is you have to get a wide variety of experiences while you're young and saying yes to that opens you up. And then once you are able to narrow your focus on what you want to attack in life, then you can start saying no to things that don't lead you towards that or, you know, enrich you as you mentioned it. So with that change over the course of your life, can you tell me a little bit about what your mindset is and what competition means to you in your career with what you're doing right now? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, competition for me today just means pursuing my victory. Like it's the idea that every day I need to show up and build something in me to be in a better starting position tomorrow. And I try to look at it as a build my mind. So what am I reading every day? Podcast, build my body. What am I doing from a workout? Build my career. What am I doing from sales to build the speaking or to sell our apparel? Build my relationship. What am I doing to add value to my wife? What am I doing to, you know, enrich our family? And then build my community. What am I doing to add value to others that are not going to be able to pay me back like and pay that back direct? So when I look at those areas and, and spiritually as well is, is added in there, my whole goal is what did I do yesterday and how can I do it a little bit better today? So if I'm in the middle of a workout, it's, hey, I did this yesterday. I slowed down here. I started to mentally check out here. How can I be better at it today? Can I stay locked in for another five to 10 seconds? I noticed I was not as productive in this area today. I was procrastinating that we're all guilty of. How can I set a tighter timeline to get this specific project done? And so it's really just showing up, giving your best to be better than you were the day before. Life is a constant race forward. And a lot of us make the mistake of looking at everyone else's lane and what everyone else is doing and comparing ourselves versus competing against the race we ran yesterday. And how can I run it just a little bit better today? And how can I run it even still a little bit better tomorrow? And so that for me is, is what it's about because there's competition with other people. And I think there's a very specific time and place for that. There's sports, there's 
outlets with friends. There's friendly competition and in, in areas where that pushes us, which is why when people train with other people, they always do better and go harder because there's other people pushing you beyond that. But at the end of the day, it's about you versus you. And even in a practice setting, even on a, a team, you may be lined up against that opponent across the way, but it's about you. Are you going to stay locked into this moment? Are you thinking about the last play or worried about the post game? Are you putting in the effort ahead of time to be better, knowing that game days not, are not in the next week? It could be months away. Are you doing your best today to train to be as po possibly ready as you can be for that moment, knowing it's coming? Uh, in your relationships, can you be more present today? Can you be a little more kind? Can you be a little more empathetic? Can you, you know, be on the lookout for someone other than yourself better today than yesterday? And I think that's the core of it. Like the striving to be our best is the only way we have a shot at discovering what our potential is. And I know that sounds kind of high and woo-woo sometimes, but really our goal in sports, like when we compete is to see what we're capable of. And we either win or if we lose, we learn what it's going to take to bridge that gap. We learn where we are and where the victor is. And we learn a little bit about how to shrink that gap. And maybe the next time we go out and compete, we lose again, but we learn a little bit more and we shrink that gap. There, there's a process that unless you're willing to put yourself out there and strive and compete, you don't figure out what you're capable of. And I think the biggest regret for people is getting to the end of their life, looking back and wishing, I wish I'd gone after the things I really wanted to in life. And what if I'd give them my best at X? Because everybody has that story where you kind of mail in certain things. And a lot of people just kind of mail it in with their career. They just show up day in, day out, go through the motions every single day. They don't strive to grow. They don't strive to get better. They don't strive for that impact. And eventually they get to a day and look back and think, man, what if I could have done that? Could I have done more? Could I have gone farther? And those words haunt you because you're at the end of the game with no time left on the clock to make a play. And so now my whole goal and mission is, is trying to equip people to show up and compete every day, giving them tools to build their mindfulness, their grit, their focus, having that competitive advantage to say, what did you do yesterday and how are you going to beat it? Doesn't matter if you won, doesn't matter if you lost, how are you going to do better today? So I'm curious if you can give us a small sample of tools that you present to people in order to look at what they did yesterday and how can I be better today than I was yesterday. You mentioned in there very specifically lining up from across from this person and being better yeah. today than I was yesterday. Would you be able to share some of those with us? One of the things that we use in my book is called the competitor scorecard. And it's a combination habit tracking device, uh, as well as focus on improving our productivity. But the, the key point of it is it's a scorecard. And you score yourself every day, whether you hit specific targets or not. And having a perfect week where you hit five to six of these quote habits and your three targets for the day every day is really hard to do. You're going to miss the mark in some areas. You're going to get distracted. Something's going to come up. And so the point of writing it down and actually scoring it is so that every day, the day after you can look back and say, here's where I fell short. How do I be more intentional making sure I hit this today? And when you get through a week, you can look back in the week and be like, man, Wednesday went to crap. How do I make sure Wednesday's better? And so I think the, the whole basis of it is getting people to write things down because we're in such a fast-paced, busy society. We don't write things down. If we don't write it down, we don't remember. And if we don't remember it, how can we ever expect to change it? And so we have a few variations of the scorecard, the, the main one in the book, and, and I'm working on another one right now, kind of in a journal, but it, it's designed to say, you know, what are the targets you need to hit today? Did you hit them? Yes or no? Three out of three? Awesome. That's a win. 
two and one, one and two, oh and three, that's a loss. You've got to go perfect that day and giving yourself that opportunity to say, I fell short. How am I going to make sure I hit these targets today? Or man, I hit them. I got all three. Can I do it again? And so it just starts with writing down. And, and that can be something as simple as not even the scorecard, but just what are your three targets for the day? What are the three most important things you have to do today to make today a win? If you don't get your to-do list done, if you don't get anything else done, but you get these three, that day is a win because ultimately it moves you towards your goal. And, and writing those down every day and then scoring yourself. At the end of the week, you have 21 opportunities to get that check in the box. And you have seven opportunities for a win by going 3-0 and on those days. A lot of you are going to come out of the gate. You may go you know, four and three the first week. Can you go five and two the next one? Can you work towards seven and oh? And when you hit seven and oh, can you keep it going? So you just mentioned the words win and lose. When you're competing at something, are you driven by the fear of losing or the joy of winning? What are we talking about? I think it's different because here's why. In sports, if I'm playing pickup basketball, I hate to lose. Hate to lose the that area in that game. Because it's a pickup game, it's fun. I'm not like in the, the championship game. Like it's just picking up, can I do better? Can I do this? Man, if we lost, I hate it. I hate it. What am I going to do to get better next game? In life, outside of like pickup games, I look at it more as win and learn. And, and the reason being, the biggest wins and, and competitions I have are, are on stages now. When I go out on the stage to speak to an audience, Am I going to, quote, get a win or, or a loss? And, and you don't know. Some days you walk off stage, you're like, man, I bombed that. What did I learn? How am I going to get better? Some days you come off the stage and somebody's like, oh, my gosh, I love this, this, and this. This is how it helped me. Blah, blah. You think, oh, maybe that's a win. Like, you, you don't really know. There's no win or loss. You walk off. But the goal every time is to walk off and say, I gave everything I had preparing for this, practicing it, and performing if I can walk off the stage knowing that, every opportunity is a win because I got better. I got another rep in. I was able to share that message. And knowing how kind of my process works is I've taken something. I've learned, mm, need to work on this story a little bit more. This doesn't fit here. Like I come away with not only I gave it my all, but I learned something to get better. And so I look at those opportunities as striving for that win because I should be striving to leave it all out there on the stage, in the book in an interview like this. I don't ever want to leave something and be like, man, that wasn't my best. That for me is the loss. And I, and I don't want that because it's, it's cheating you as well as I don't get the opportunity to get better. If I don't give my best, I don't figure out where I fell short. And if I don't figure out where I fell short, I can't figure out how I got better. Beautiful. Does that help answer that question? That does. Can you tell me about some upcoming projects that you have going and your motivations with those projects? Yeah, so... I've got a few I can share. Really, everything that we try to do at Compete Every Day is about empowering people and equipping them with the tools to win and pursue their victory. And I say pursue their victory really more than win because some of us are going to fall short of that big goal that we have. It's part of every pursuit. We talk about it at Compete Every Day. Everybody loves to win. Everybody loves to win. They want to hold the trophy. They want the award. But not everybody is willing to compete for it. Because if you compete for it, that means you're saying, there's a chance I'm going to lose. There's a chance I'm going to fail. I may suck at this, but I'm still going after. And that's a whole different mindset than most people. Most people just want the win and they want it handed to them. They want it easy. They want it given. Competitors are that different breed. They're saying, I may fail, but I'm still going after it because I don't want to ask what if at the end. And so my goal is this audience. How can I equip you to improve 
how well you pursue that victory. How can I give you something that maybe is going to give you a better chance to get that victory? And so that's where we put all of our emphasis and effort. If you look at the apparel, it's all designed to to be around empowered messaging that when you put it on, you are empowered to go out and go after it, to not slip through the day, to not float through it, but to say, I'm going to attack it. Uh, The book was designed to be, lack of a better word, it's kind of an entry-level personal development. It's a way that I can get people and equip people that are into self-help and personal development and building their mindset, and I can give them practical tools that they can add on. But for somebody that's kind of like, "Mm, self-help, personal development, that's pretty woo-woo for me. Uh, I have no issue. I can still give them that book and say, this is a starter point. It's entry level. It's an easy read. I want you to read it because it's going to equip you. Don't think of it as self-help. Think of it as mental performance. How can you build your mindset? And then speaking is the same way. How can I add value? So I've got a couple of new keynotes and programs that are in the works. Uh, We're looking to take some of those into an online course format eventually this year. Uh, But the next big rollout for us is the journal. And really, it's helping people compete every day. It's taking uh, that same approach to the book. How can I get people that don't like to journal? They think it's Dear Diary. They think it's got to take an hour every day. How can I give them a quick tool that can get them started every day in five to 10 minutes, but give them a massive competitive advantage in their pursuits over time? And so that's kind of how we're looking at the journal to come out this year. And then I'm slowly but surely working on book two. But it's one of those things where I laugh. It's like a nasty workout. It's like one of those workouts that just leave you like puking. You can do it again, but you really don't want to for a while. And so having gone through the book writing process, knowing how much effort and energy it takes, I've been working through the outline and the research process of it, putting all the pieces in place before I just kind of hit the timer and say, it's go time to start writing. Where can people find more information about you and about the things that you're doing in case they want to look into some of the things you discussed here? Yeah, easiest, I make it super easy for everyone. CompeteEveryday.com, Compete Every Day on any of our social media platforms. Uh, The best way is to start there. I'm most active on Instagram for us. I'll still pop onto Twitter and Facebook every now and then, but really Instagram's where we kind of hang out. And then we've got some other options off of that for the podcast and stuff. If if anyone can find at CompeteEveryDay.com. Perfect. So I want to finish up with a hypothetical situation. I need you to use your imagination a bit here and visualize. You open a refrigerator and you look inside that refrigerator and you have to pick one item in that refrigerator that best identifies who you are as a person. What would that item be and why? Man, this is a good one. I'm actually going to go with, man, fridge also limits it from a pantry too. I'm going to say, oh man, I have to think about this. This is a really good hypothetical one. Tell you what, let's just roll with it. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with ham because I'm a little bit goofy. I can go in just about any situation and make it hopefully a little bit better, but don't put mayonnaise on me. It's not a good situation. Beautiful. I love that answer. Jake, thanks for coming on Competitive Mindset and sharing some of your stories and thoughts with us. And I'll add in the show notes, direct links to the things that you talked about here. I appreciate your time. You bet. Appreciate you having me. Next time on Competitive Mindset. Cold water still sucks but I do it and that means every day I start with a win. Competitive Mindset Music was produced by DJ Jojo Moore and all images were created by Elena Keel. Be sure to subscribe, rate, leave a review and follow us at Competitive Pod.